Oh, I got his ass now. You have to be fast in the track. I hate that guy. This race can change the rest of your life. My bottle got stretched a little bit. I got a tight little butt. I'm, a, I'm about to light this shit up. Senor Carlos. Oh. There he is. There he is. His audio is connecting. There Yo. he is. How's it going, buddy? What's up, guys? Dude, where are you right now? Um, uh, my brother's apartment in Bogota. Ah, okay. Dude, what's your brother doing in Bogota these days? He's studying. He's uh, doing his, how's that called? His doctor, right? He's becoming a doctor? Yeah, like his, yeah, his fellowship on, on nuclear oh, yeah. medicine or whatever. Like internship or, internship or yeah, whatever? There, yeah. yeah, there you go. Internship. Let me just close everything up so we got more internet. Yeah, that's good. I have no idea. I have no idea how the internet will work. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be fine. So, what are you I doing in Bogota? To... What are you doing in Bogota? Training. Yeah. We don't have like you know the Supergirls track in Medellin is getting rebuilt. Oh shit! Mm. I didn't know that. Okay. Yes, it's getting a rebuild. So, like, there's no Supergirls track at the moment. So, we got a pretty cool Supergirls track in Bogota. So, that'd be sick. I'm just using that one, and I get to do whatever the fuck I want, basically, on that track, so I have fun. <laughs> did they uh, Did they name the track after you? I saw you did, like, some big yeah. presentation. No you had, like, That's a so cutting cool. thing and everything. Yeah, they, I didn't they see did that. name the track, so so it's it's pretty sick, actually. It, Damn. They're still, like, fixing fixing some minor, minor issues uh, with the name and everything, but it should stick. Hopefully, I'll keep the name on. What's the uh, what's the name going to be? Are we are we looking for like the Carlos Ramirez Speedway, the little magician magic magic track? <laughs> what are we thinking? No, it's it's called uh, Carlos Ramirez. Uh, how's it called? Yeah, just Pista Pista Carlos Ramirez, like uh, sick Carlos Ramirez track or something. Dude, do you see that lightning behind you just now, James? You see that? No, I missed it. There's just lightning. Is there a thunderstorm out right now? Not at the moment, but I think it's gonna rain soon. Dude, that's super cool. You've had a track name after you. Probably want. I don't even know if there's. Oh, Mariana has, but besides you two, like I don't know if other people have. That's really cool. Sam, I too, I guess, and Adelaide. Oquendo, Oquendo has a little one in La Estrella as well. Okay. Sick. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think Maris has his one, but only the only the Olympic medalists oh, yeah. have uh, have tracks named after them. Yeah, Maris, Sam does too, in Adelaide now. Yeah. I hope we're not. Yeah, mis- cool. I hope we're not missing one. Yeah, we might be, but. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> you get you get a chat you get a good shift from um who's the one that gives you shit all the time from the data um oh jasper oh jasper's yeah, yeah. jasper's what am i get a message from graph too <laughs> Where they're gonna like name off like two people three people that have tracks where you're like god damn it <laughs> so carlos now after your after your wait do you have a girlfriend now um i'm single i was gonna say because i'm just i'm just picturing you walking through and just just chicks everywhere. Like we're talking, <laughs> walking down the street, and there's just chicks everywhere. Come on, we gotta say something. The only one that gets that is you. 
but you're you're actually just like about to get married. So let's just make a difference. You're the one that everywhere you go, you get chicks everywhere. Why am I, or am I wrong, James? You're the chick man. That was that was P.S. That was pretty savvy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Pre savvy days when there was the Tory the white guy in Colombia just strutting his stuff. There's a thing. We're we're exotic when we go down there. It's exactly it's true. Oh yeah. It's a great it's feeling true. being exotic. We don't get you know it very what? often. You know, we you know, James, we are just the you know, the whitest guys, the whitest guys. We don't we don't get that kind of, of treatment. <laughs> We just blend in normally wherever we go. Yeah. That's the one place maybe, you know, we try to like make our hair look a little blonder and stand out a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's it like? What was homecoming like after Tokyo? It's been great, actually. Uh, it, it's been a long time without being with the family and stuff. So it's just been, it's been amazing to actually just be back home. And there's been a lot of events, a lot of uh, like welcoming into Colombia and stuff like that. But it's been, it's been fun. It's it's been crazy for sure. Like uh, before Olympics, to be honest, I think James we talked about it. And, uh, I wasn't feeling it. To be honest, my knee was just. I, I was telling like my teammates like, I don't have a girlfriend, but I have a boob on me. It's like <laughs> why why do I need a girlfriend at the moment? <laughs> I can just grab my knee. It was just it was horrible. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think be there. At. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people really knew about that, like your crash and like your knee situation. Like, give them a little uh, explanation because it was uh, it was Pittsburgh, right? And that was like not even was it a month before? It was like three weeks before. Three weeks. I remember yeah, we were racing there. Yeah. basically, like it was just like a little pre-Olympics race. You could put it that way. Yeah, James raced it as well, and like to be honest, I wasn't really stoked about racing on that track, and like just like a little track before Olympics, but like the team wanted to go and everyone wanted to go. So I was just stoked to be on my bike racing for sure. But you know, that feeling like you don't want to be there. I don't know how you put it. Like you don't want to race. You don't want to, you don't want to like be on, I don't know. It was just like, I had that weird feeling. I I shouldn't race. I shouldn't race. I shouldn't race. And second day, first moto, like it rained a little. And I, I have no idea what happened. And, like, you know, that eject bottom you have on, like, the fodder, fodder planes. Yeah. They just press it and they explode. So I felt that on my bike. Seriously, like, I just pressed that thing. And it just threw me out. I was flying. The next thing I know is, like, uh, I feel I'm, like, going upside down. Like, my head was about to fl- uh, hit the ground. I was flipping. And it was just that gnarly situation, like, everything flashes back like you know like you got a massive event coming up and you have no idea what's going to happen it was it was pretty gnarly and i just felt the burn like you guys know like i crash i try to stand up as quick as i can and i remember standing up and just walking out and i would feel a burn on my knee and it was just horrible i was like fuck did i did i just mess up my olympic games or is that all I'm thinking about at the moment? It was gnarly. Yeah, it was gnarly. I know that feeling too, because it's like you have that bigger race ahead of you that you're planning for, and then that race was kind of just, it was just kind of there doing it to do it. And then all of a sudden the weather got shitty there too. It was crap. The track was soft. It was just like nothing good about that. And then to have that happen must have been like just just like a, a knife to the stomach almost at first. Yeah, it, it was devastating to be yeah. honest. Like uh, everything went by my head. It just like us. 
I remember going to a doctor, like to a clinic. They sent me to a like ER, like urgencies and stuff like that. And like they didn't have a how's that called a MRI machine working, mm-hmm. so they just did some X-rays and they were like, "Oh, you you have nothing broken." I'm like, "I know how. I, I know I don't have anything broken. I just need <laughs> I just need to see how the ligaments and stuff are." They're like, "Yeah, but we're sorry, we can't do an MRI." I'm like, "Okay, sweet." So like it, <laughs> it was it was horrible. It was just a hard moment to go through and like my knee was all like swung up already. Like I could feel the knee just growing and growing and growing. I'm like, Oh, what's wrong? What happened to me? Like I remember traveling and Mariana just pushing me on, on like uh, a wheelchair in between the airport from Pittsburgh to San Diego. Cause we were doing the like little training camp in Chula Vista. I remember them pushing me and I'm like, Am I seriously in a wheelchair three weeks before Olympics? Uh, am I even gonna be able to race? <laughs> but like it was, it was an odd situation to be honest. So we got to San Diego, and we got an MRI in San Diego finally. Like we were able to get one after a while, and like uh, like ligaments, they didn't break. But like mm-hmm. the collateral one, the one on the side of the knee, it, I don't know how you call it. It got a distension. Like it didn't break, but it like oh hyper hyper extension. Yeah, I just stretched to the eighty percent, so it almost broke. Shit. So Jesus. so it was just like a swollen up knee, and I don't know how you call the knee. Like, you know, the knee has something that covers the knee, like it covers the knee on the top, and kneecap? when it breaks, not the kneecap. It's like a little the bursa. Yeah, the bursa. There you yeah. go. Exactly that. So like my bursa exploded. Shit. Like it just it just like oh was God. full of liquid. And that's why I feel like it looked like a literally a boob. Because that thing was just like <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you would just grab it and that would just push everywhere and like you could you could play with the liquid and everything inside. <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was pretty gnarly. So I like they drained it out a, a couple of times and everything, but Basically, I couldn't do gym. I couldn't ride. I was just sitting on my ass, basically watching my teammates train and just watching them do everything really fun. I'm just like, I could barely go on row rides. Jeez. Like, uh, they would let me go, like, on a 45-minute or two-an-hour row ride. And that was basically I could I could do for two weeks. Oh, my God. Then they let me try and ride the track and do some gates and stuff like that. It just... Started evolving and evolving, but I uh, still had the boys like, like, could, could, like it just still a balloon. Yeah. Yeah. Could and you? That's ra- how I race. I think you saw my knee in Tokyo James. I saw it a little bit. We need to get a photo to show people or something, but. Well, let me, uh, let me see if I can get it on. Send it to us. And I'll send, I'll send the video to you guys of how it looked before yeah. actually racing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I should ask you now while you're trying to find the photo, but like, what was it like getting back into things? Was it like, were you able to ride and stuff or was it like you were trying to work around everything? I was just trying to work around it and ride and just do stuff. It would hurt. Like, I gotta be honest. Like I had an awesome team like next to me. Like I had Mariana, I had Vinny, Mm -hmm. I had the Fisio, I had uh, Charlie, our mechanic. I had a German, our coach. So it was 
it was amazing to have him around because like you know at that time you need someone to like give you the extra push you could put it that way like the encouragement or just go and say like everything's gonna be okay even if they didn't know like if, if it was gonna be okay or not yeah. but like at least you, you get a pat on the back and just like yeah it'll be okay you'll be able to race it's fine it's fine don't worry about it we'll, we'll take care of it don't it's you gonna worry. be all good you'll <laughs> be good to go <laughs> So like I'm sending a video right now to a group of how how the knee was, like how flushy it was. Well, we'll make sure the the viewers get a get yeah. a, a witness of this because this is gnarly. Dude, that must have yeah. hurt. It's hard to it's hard to go into a race too, knowing that you haven't had ideal prep and you're kind of injured and you're kind of just feeling blah. Like that's not an easy thing to do. It's it's horrible to be honest. Like. You know, you know, you're like, you're not a hundred percent like, and to be honest, we pedal with legs, like our legs were not like our engine. So like, I, I knew I had one, like my starting gate leg, not feeling the the best and like all the power I had worked for during the year, I knew it wasn't there for sure. <laughs> so I, I, I just knew I had to like, uh, just race a different race. And I, I was racing, for example, in Bogota because Bogota was just picking lane eight and going for it. And there I had to just change my strategy and just race to the finish line. Like we know. I feel, I feel like I, like I, I probably give you a lot of shit just being that guy who says, Oh yeah, you don't even need to start. Like you just, you know, work your way through the pack, but <laughs> you did like your starts got really quick this past year and a couple of years. So it must kind of suck that you put all that work into it. And then you're like, all right, well, can't even like can't even show what a, what all that work I put in. Now it's just like back to having to race around the track. Yeah, it, it was back to just racing from behind. You could put it that way. It was just like so much effort into like racing, race, like being able to have some pull and some power at the gate and after first jump, and like getting on that gate and actually knowing like the power wasn't there anymore. It was it was kind of boring annoying uh heartbreaking i don't know how to put it like i had so much shit going through my mind at the moment that it was it was hard and afterwards like fuck so after training you get those quarters and you see the quarters i got i'm like seriously <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm injured and i have trades this quarters come on guys <laughs> let's, let's just... that was that one was gnarly like that yeah. one so that's like one just welcome to the olympics boys here we go <laughs> <laughs> oh seriously it was i remember watching those quarters i'm just thinking to my head shit who's gonna make it yeah who, who, who's gonna be who's gonna be the two guys that are not gonna make it to semifinals out of this one i'm like yeah that was a gnarly one. yeah that's gnarly like and it, i always had the mindset too like when i was racing and i had a, a really stuck quarter or something or like a first round obviously your initial reaction is like oh fuck i got a super hard moto but then at the same time it's kind of good because it gets you in the race right away like you have no you have no leeway you can't just take take a moto off and then so if you get through it you're better off because of it i think for the rest of the weekend did you kind of feel that way I do have the same mindset as you. Like, yeah. uh, I know, like, once you start with a with a hard, like, motto or hard whatever, you, you, you kind of, your mindset works into it. Yeah. But, like, at the first, like you said, it's, it's chalking. Like, you know, yeah. you're, like, 
you're like, oh shit, uh, what a way to start. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same moment, I've always thought like, yeah, like everyone at the Olympics is in their best level, yeah. their best moment or, or however you want to put it. It's like, we're just here to win it. You could put it that way. Like everyone's on that gate to actually make things happen. Mm-hmm. But it was way harder for me just thinking because it, it was mentally like hard. Because like if you ask Mariana or Vinny, they, they went through the whole thing. And there were moments I, I was just riding to ride mm-hmm. or doing gates to just try and do the gate. So mentally, mentally for me was super hard. And then just getting that one, it, it made it even harder. And you know that feeling that you, like you're going to bed and you don't know if you're actually going to be able to sleep that night because you know what's going to happen next day. <laughs> so like I had, I had a few a few nights of those and oh, I've always said Olympics, it's such a different race to be at and to participate and just, True. just explore the feeling of being in the Olympics and racing the Olympics. It's, I've always said it's a different it's one more race, but it's a different one more race setup or whatever. Quick commercial break to give a uh, shout out to one of our sponsors of the show, longtime partner of Coffee Chatter, ProGate Europe. Winning starts with a great gate, Tori. We're talking, we're talking great. We're not talking mediocre. Like, um, you know, ProGate's just a great gate company. And so to get a great gate, you need a great gate. It's as simple as that, people. You know, all these tracks nowadays, everyone's trying to, you know, make a better track, better training facility. Well, to do that, you need a great start gate. You need to start your race off great. You need to go get a pro gate Europe. Let them know Coffee Chatter sent you. They'll, uh, they'll help get you guys sorted. Yeah, I think they're, yeah. If you, if you email them and say Coffee Chatter sent you, they're limited time offer giving you a free eight-person gate. <laughs> Absolutely. Hit up, Jan, hit up Skippers, and they're going to hook you up with a free pro gate Europe. First, first caller gets it. First, <laughs> first caller. You got to be quick. Go get on it now, guys. You got to be quick. Limited time. Limited time. I don't know. Like, if you're listening to this, Trevor, what the fuck are you doing, Trevor? Call ProGate and get a free ProGate Europe. Trevor, your track has been wanting that ProGate Europe for ages. Get, get him it now. It's Now is the time. He's probably, Trevor's home track probably has like one of those really old school, like cheese grater gates that just sucks. Somebody probably welded together themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he has, the, he has the opportunity now to get a free one and he's still not doing it. It's like he always would say, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Well, you know, now is later. Now's the now time. Is, now is later. You know, winners, winners make it happen in the present. So Trevor, you're going to be a winner and win with a great gate or you're going to be a loser. What do you want to do? It's up to you. It's up to you. It's I'm not going to sleep over Trevor. No. Bro, get your up. Europe. Get yours today. I think the cool thing too, like obviously you've been to two Olympics now and Pan Am Games and everything, but in South America, you guys have a lot of different games. Like you have South American games, you have another one. I, I can't remember the name of it. Um, yeah, so it, we it's, have. A, it's cool. Like you kind of get used to the format. We got Bolivarian games, South American games, uh, Pan Am games, Central American games. We've got national games. So, oh, like, many games. so cool. It's <laughs> I so love cool. It. We've, we've got so many games, but it doesn't prep you to how big the Olympics are. Like you've yeah. been to Pan Am's as well. And Pan Am's is like the um, short, like smaller version of the Olympics for like all America. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't compare. Even, even the feeling of racing Pan Am's and Olympics, it's, 
such a different atmosphere and such a difference in like racing and everything. And and I I gotta put it on the like I gotta put it out there, but like the track wasn't the track we would have wanted to race on. No, either, it was crap. So. It, was, it was crap, Carlos. It was crap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I didn't want crap. to use that word. I didn't no, no, want no, to use that We've said on the show. It's, honestly, the, the track was terrible. Yeah, it was the worst track we could have had Olympics yeah. at. It was long, gnarly. Like, you couldn't actually get speed anywhere. And, like, just put it that way. Like, I was racing from behind. And, like, one of the things I use the most to pass people is the turns. Um, oh, really? oh my god oh my god this turns this turns you can do shit <laughs> i have no idea to be honest how the fuck i did the first turn in the main event if you ask me today i have no idea how how i ended up going from basically last to turn it hey you just that turn. you react you just react to race situations and make it happen yeah but like that tory that turn that turn was <laughs> It felt like a spine. Like, if you had lane one, literally, you just have a spine out. Then second turn, like, it was a velodrome. Ooh. Ooh, don't get me talking about that track. Cause, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> James, James, I'm curious. After, um, after racing at Pan Am and Olympics, what do you think about? What do you think about both of them? It's it's very much correct. Like, what he's saying, what you guys both would agree and know is that they are they're completely different. Like Pan Am's is you get the understanding of what it's like to be at a games, but the Mm -hmm. whole atmosphere, the level of like competition, pressure, all that is like 50% if that. Yeah. And so it's like you go to the Olympics and it's like you understand how everything's going to work, but it all happens to a greater scale. So you still get hit by a little bit and be like, like, I feel like I understood. I I was told by Utah and like everyone around me, like what it's going to be like. But so I understood. But when, when it happens, it's a different ball game. Racing yeah, is a different ball game. Everything. Yeah. yeah. It's like before you race the first, before you race the first round, you're like, holy boy, we're going to race the Olympics right now. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even, even the racing format, it's different to uh, whatever we're used to. Yeah. 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 So like mentally, I think mentally that hits you. Mm-hmm. Cause like you're, you're the first day you're thinking, oh shit, I got to make it out of quarters to be able to be like on the O show on the main events. So like you got two like racing days, two two mentalities. Well, yeah. that's how I think about it. It's just yeah, like you normally get two racing days and the World Cups, but you get your main event day one, your main event day two. Yeah. But here you get like quarters, and then you get a semi, three more semis at the other day, and then main events. <laughs> and we got and we had a five hundred thirty meter track that we've never had before, and it was just you knew you had seven laps in two days, but the, those seven laps were going to be uh, tiring and gnarly seven laps a day. Yeah. So yeah. Like, it was, was going to be hard. And it's like, too, like, it's, we're all thinking it before the first day. Like, God, I just want to make the second day. Today. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like, we're all, we're all thinking it doesn't matter who you are. Like, fuck, please, just, I just, I don't want to go home today. I, I got to race tomorrow. <laughs> that's all you're, that's all you want to do. All you, all you want to do is just get through the first day. Yeah, and then you have those six, those six men quarters that that for me that makes it even worse, because like I would say six men racing it's sometimes even worse than eight men. Because like there's yeah. yeah there's so many things you know you gotta beat two, but 
who are the two you're going to beat? Because, like, normally in an eight-man race, there's a lot of things going, mm-hmm. a lot of things happening. But here it's just, like, straight line, and you got more space than yeah, normal. So, so. so many yeah, people have, changes. like, space to move. I got to say that when I saw those motos, I, I looked at yours, knew as the hardest one. Instantly, I knew, though, you were going to make it out. It was more of, like, a, what if the other guys weren't going to make it? I honestly, that's exactly how I I don't know if you felt like that, Tori, but like as a fan, even though I was racing, I kind of see it. That's what I thought. Yeah, I was confident. I was confident Carlos was going to make it. I think I remember thinking, I think, I thought either Dino or Alfredo may not make it. Just because they're like, yeah, speed guys. I don't know, because I figured, I figured Connor's going to make it, Graf is going to make it, and Carlos is going to make it. And then I felt like the fourth spot was between Alfredo and, um, uh, Anthony, yeah. and I, yeah. mean, I guess it turned out to be right. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're both kind of those. I feel like those two guys like are great at controlling a race, whole shot and controlling a race. So yeah, it's I like when like they're they together, are. it's like who's going to control the race? Yeah. I feel like Connor and David were going to be the two guys controlling it, and then Carlos was going to be battling with them. And then those other two guys were. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, Carlos, what percentage do you think you were racing at at the Olympics? Yeah. Like. It was, it was like, if you ask me for my level in Bogota to Olympics, mm-hmm. I would say 50 on the first straightaway or a bit, or, or a bit less. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't filling out any power going out the gate. Like I remember talking to you, James, during practice and I was like, shit i'm not pulling literally <laughs> bro i'm i'm slow oh god damn i'm like i'm like fuck i'm pulling i i i got i don't have the string on my legs and i don't have the like i don't know if you guys remember uh bogota race like in bogota like you had speed I from had, the outside yeah i had decent one two three then from the kink to bottom i was pulling and after I passed the first jump, I, I was just, like, putting six gear and going. Mm-hmm. But, like, here I was – I felt I was, like I felt I had no speed going down the hill. I had no speed after the first jump. So, oh, I don't know. It was it's, – it's gnarly because, like, I have no idea what percentage I was. But, like, I know I wasn't on, on the level I wanted to be at the Olympics for sure. Yeah, that's fair. I'm watching the video from from the uh, yeah the first straight, and then your first corner just all time like that's just all time Carlos corner right there, all time. People go watch the video; it's on Chatter. I'm not gonna talk about more. It's on Chatter. But the, the good thing is though, like because you know you have good track speed and you can race well, it kind of frees you up. So like if you get if you have good starts, cool. But then you know and like internally, you don't need a great start to do well either. It's I would say like. There are two mental phases on my racing. Like, I want to, like, if you ask me, I'm always on the gate trying to get my best start. Like, course, even in course. the Olympics, if it, even in the Olympics, I knew I had no gate. Like, I was, I was thinking, okay, let's, let's get this one. This is going to be the gate. I'm going to be yeah, yeah. But Like, it doesn't freeze me out if, like, I do my first crank, I'm bound straight yeah. in the middle. Like, like, they cut me off. Like, it just it changes the race. I'll just say like, okay, Carlos, what are you going to do from here to a minute, to a fish line, to like wide line you have to cross to make it. So to be honest, this track was hard to pass people on. Yeah. 
I think, and I think James would agree because he wrote it, and like all the people that are listening who wrote the track would agree because you wouldn't be able to gain a lot of speed or momentum during the track, and the turns weren't weren't as the turns you like to like just push and you get to like get speed out of them. No, you were battling with the track to gain speed on the track, so like passing people was hard. And like, if you remember, I don't know if you guys remember the, like the test event, but it was just a straight line racing. Like whoever hole yeah. shot it, that was the guy who won. Yeah. And like, if you, if you get it out of eighth place, you're just going to stay in eighth place. You're just following <laughs> the line. Cause like it was, I remember racing on that one. I'm like, is there any passing on this track? Are you ever even going <laughs> to yeah. be able to pass people out of the track? And that's the same thing, the same feeling I had during the Olympics, though. Yeah. And, like, with that first turn, I think I did it two or three times in the race or more, probably. Like, you you weren't gaining a lot of speed coming out. It's so like, either you would jump high, as I did in the main event, or I even had to, like, double manual in a semifinal or quarters. And I, I didn't even practice that, to be honest, on the practice days. Even if you look at the main event and the second triple, mm-hmm. I had no speed to jump the triple. I had to jump land manual. Mm-hmm. And I got, I got to be honest, I suck at landing manual. Be honest. <laughs> I hate doing that. I hate doing that. Dude, I, I suck. I suck at doing them. And I have no idea how, how I got it so perfectly, perfectly on that one. <laughs> To be honest, it just it kept me on the on the flow to like just be like battling for the board and just trying to hit Joris and see if I could pass him somewhere. Yeah. It was it was gnarly. How'd you find going into the second turn? Going that little tiny jump. Did you ever have issues with it? Uh a lot of issues. Like uh <laughs> I thought about jumping the whole thing a lot, but never tried it. And I was I was actually like a lot of you guys were pedaling into that one. Like you were just flowing and and pushing down. I was pedaling and just like riding the bull basically. <laughs> it could be, <laughs> be perfectly smooth or it could just be as gnarly as it could get. Yeah. But it, it was just, it was one of those jumps you had to like push through it and see what could happen as the same jump, as the second jump in and first straight away. That thing, or you could jump it as smooth as you could, or you could. I think you could probably jump into a step up tabletop if you wanted to, because <laughs> that had so much lift. You could. I think you could just wrap the whole thing into a turn. And just quad it into the turn. No big deal. <laughs> basically, that was that was so lippy. It looked everywhere. terrible. That that one looked gnarly. Like it looked like a spine. Yeah. It was a spine. Uh, it was. I think they took a spine from the like freestyle cars and just put on the BMX cars and see how that would manage into like a full speed race. Oh, that's so funny. What were uh, what were the biggest differences that you took away from from your first first games in Rio to this one? Obviously, I mean different experience, no fans, COVID stuff, and the track being a little uh, shitty. But uh, otherwise, what else did you take away kind of differently? I loved, to be honest, like if we, if we talk about Rio, I talk, I did love the track. It was a fast track, a smooth track. I know the colors weren't the best. We were all struggling with the colors. 
Mario Kart track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah remember, it was. Remember we first walked the track, we're all like, "What the hell?" <laughs> so that that orange and green was just. Oh, uh, that was I remember, tough. Like, I remember was everyone. Tough. I remember everyone trying different lenses on the goggles. Yeah, like everyone, everyone had like five spare goggles in the track with the coaches and you would just do one lap, change goggles and just go like, yeah, it was, <laughs> everyone, it was so, everyone. It was so weird. Cause like one goggle helped you out, like with the um, shadows, the other one yep. helped you out in the turn. The other one, like in second straight, I remember like at a time of the day, you couldn't see anything cause of the sun. It's like, yeah, it was, it was, it was just, tough. Uh, Brutal. I remember it was it was a game of goggles to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that and was it, tough. Yeah, and it was a better racing track in the turns and stuff like that. You you would see more moves around the track everywhere. Like it was kind of carnage at the moment because like everyone was just doing exploding and like the wind changed every single moto. So it was weird the racing, but I would say it was more spectacular racing than what we experienced in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. Like from a viewer point, from a fan's point, I like the organization in Tokyo wise. Cause like, uh, I feel like Japanese people are like super like strict with everything. Yeah. The only yeah. pro the, the only issue we had there was with the bikes that the oh, track yeah. was, uh, yeah, that was the only issue, but like, in the village and everything like everyone's everything was so it's like we had like the real games that were more like chill like a party going everywhere you can see people <laughs> just walking around and just i think tori would would talk about it because like i would say real was a party in the village yeah for sure yeah it was a cool that was a cool atmosphere there in the village yeah and tokyo was the other way around it was like I think you sometimes you wouldn't think like those were athletes because like everything was super like strict, super normal, like no noise, no no weird noises everywhere. Like it was it was a different atmosphere all the way. Yeah. But, like I would say I haven't been like the way I wanted to be at the Olympics, like just like feeling a hundred percent on those games. It's like Bode had those weird like moments because before Rio I had to like uh take like four or five days off because like they did the urea and whatever test they do on your ear to see how tired you are uh it showed I was overtrained for Rio like for Tokyo I was just injured and not, not training. super trained <laughs> you could put it that way so like I haven't been at my best of the Olympic Games like uh, I wish I could hopefully Paris will be the one <laughs> It's crazy the stories if you hear from people, hey. Yeah, I know the feeling too. Like I, I felt well, I went into London really injured, so I felt like I didn't even get give myself like a clear chance or like couldn't really give my best. And like even Rio, um, I felt like I wasn't really at my best either. It's kind of a hard feeling. And obviously you like you still medal and everything, but like you want to go there like absolutely primed yeah. and see what I you can what do. You yeah, like That's... I still I didn't feel like I, I wasn't like there was races where I was much better at than I was in Rio, hundred percent. I know that feeling, and like I think everywhere, every rider out there wants to be like in his prime for the Olympics. And mentally, like if you ask me, I think mentally everyone's at his prime. Even if you're injured, even if you're not trained the best way, like when you get on that gate, you know what you want, and you know yeah. what you've been working for to be there. So at that moment, you're 
I've always like when they ask me here in Colombia, how does it feel to race uh, a main gate on the Olympics? I'm like, it feels like the jungle. Like there's just so many lions stacked up yeah, on the gate. Seriously. And like it's like if they throw a little bunny out to a track and everyone's just battling to grab the bunny. Because that's that's how it feels. It's just like it's yeah. a jungle out there. Everyone's battling and I think everyone's ready to die in that track to make it happen. Yep. True. And yeah. that's what changes the Olympics from a different World Cup or World Championship. Because I think in the Olympics, the mindset is just totally different for older riders than what we're used to in a normal World Championships or, or World Cup. Even though, like, there's riders that I consider myself one of, one of those that goes out there and just goes for everything. And just even, like, sometimes I, I would always – tell my coaches or whatever, whoever came up to me and said, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go all or nothing. Like, yeah, you won the first or sometimes you make a move to get first or you're either first or last because yep. you're risking everything at the moment. Yeah, true. Yeah, the thing with the Olympics too, everyone's just like, fuck it, we'll just send it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care at that exactly. point. It's like yeah, yeah, we're already here. Like what are we a... saving anything? What are we saving our bodies for at this point? We're literally this saving nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. It's it's snarly, but it's it's a great race for sure. It's a different one. Would you something... uh would you put one of your bronze medals over the other one? What what one stacks higher for you than of the two? They both have a different meaning, to be honest. Okay. A huge one but a different one like Tokyo one it's that mail I, I I wasn't expecting because like I remember talking to my dad before the races and just saying fuck I don't even see myself on the main well wow. like uh, it was like uh, I talked to you guys and like my eyes are getting like uh teary and everything because like we're an emotional podcast I don't know what to say we like yeah, to hit hard it, it, we like to hit hard it was it was it was bad like i remember talking yeah. to my parents and just saying shit i can't believe i'm here with one leg basically and just being you sacrifice so many things for five years because this olympics were so long mm-hmm. and three weeks before everything just changes so like it was rough it was it was the most like the one of the hardest moments that i've had to be be like yeah, I've been true because uh, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, like I'm always I'm out, I'm always that type of routers that goes out there and knows I can do stuff, but this time I had no idea what I could do. To be honest, it was just like that moment you get on the gate and like you just saying, "Okay, we're here. Let's just make it happen and take one lap at a time." Mm-hmm. But uh, I would just tell my parents and. I, I don't know if I'm even going to make it. And my dad, like, I remember arriving at the airport in Columbia when he picked me up and he telling me, congrats, son. But to be honest, I uh, didn't expect anything out of this Olympics. And I, I just snapped my ass off and said, dad, I, I didn't expect anything either. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just out there to, like, get the job done, ride my bike, uh, do the best I could. But it was just... It was it was weird and it got more weird because like 
all the podcasts and all the like uh, predictions were coming out. So like a lot of you guys had me on the main event. Didn't know if I was going to be on the podium or not, but had me on the main event. Like internally, I was like, am I even going to be able to make it to the main event? Yeah. So like it was, it was an emotional roller coaster from crashing to the Olympics. It was the hardest thing I've been through, but at the end we made it happen. But it was, it was a gnarly, a gnarly ride for sure for the <laughs> last month before the Olympics. It's just, it's such a roller coaster for everyone in such a different way. Like you dealt with that and someone else is probably dealing with something else. It's crazy. Like everyone has such a unique um, experience. Unique, yeah, sure. totally. Yeah. Unique it's so, experience, yeah, it's unique crazy. story. Yeah. It is wild. Hey, it is wild. Yeah. But you know, as uh, our good friend Katie Perry says, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> uh, there's James getting his emotional song cast. <laughs> That's what keeps me from tearing up. I make jokes in in awkward situations. There you go. That's the that's the most that's the perfect part. <laughs> so, uh, what's next for you, Carlos? What are you um, What are you doing now? Like, you're healing up or just hanging out? What are you doing? I, to be honest, uh, for two months, uh, basically didn't touch a bike, didn't ride or I just arrived. Uh, you guys saw my post on Instagram that I was riding a uh, road track. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, not road, uh, track, track something. Yep. So I remember just not doing anything and hearing from Bogota that they were going to go to the, to the um, national champs of track cycling. I'm like, do you need a starter? Do you want me to do the first lap? <laughs> and I, I had no training. Like literally I had not done gym. I had no riding a bike. I was just partying, having time with my parents. And <laughs> uh, I've got some killers on me and everything. And I remember talking to James and just, to be honest, I was probably 95% ready to like make a change and go to road cycling. Really? It's crazy. Yeah. Man. Like I was, I was this, I was ready to do it. <sighs> You love it. You told uh, me that because you told me you love it. Yeah, I love I love going out for road cycling and road rides and stuff like that. And I have real good friends like that are on the pro tour and everything. I was like, shit, I want to try it. But after after Tokyo, everything changed. To be honest, like it just it made a you could say you made a hard hard ride mm-hmm. from like everything I had planned for like this next couple of years just changed the whole way and it made me want to like do more BMX like it got, I got extra motivation out of it I got so much stuff out of that one that I remember crossing the finish line about to cry because I made the second bronze in that moment and so hard mm-hmm. but actually thinking I owe myself so much in this sport and there's so many dreams I want to make I uh, want to make come true still it's like it just it just hit me. It just said, like, let's keep riding. Let's keep enjoying the sport we love. Let's just keep doing what we do best. And <clears throat> let's battle for that World Cup win I still owe me. I don't uh, know. The World Championships, the World Championships medal, because I haven't done a World Championships medal. I, I did the Junior World Champs. Uh, I won that one, but I haven't won one in the, in the like, elite class or getting a medal in the elite class. So 
it just it just hits me in hey Paris is just around the corner it's a three year qualifying spot so like it's coming up quick mm-hmm. it's it's the quickest Olympics we're ever gonna get in BMX it's three years long so True. so I just said hey let's just make it happen and let's just go so you could say we're still young I'm 27 there were riders for 32 31 in the Olympics so I'll make it out of 30, so it'll be it'll be good still. So I'm still in a good age to go race Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> you actually are though. Like yeah. you're yeah, you're fine. Sure. And it's just oh we know we love the sport. Even you, Tori, like I'm pretty sure you you love riding. Um, you're still riding in the clinics and stuff, and I'm pretty sure you miss the riding your bike and stuff. I don't know if you miss racing or training your ass off like we we <laughs> normally do because dude i just did a gym session and uh, i was battling with myself it, it was just that day that you know like you're putting the 200 kgs on your back to back squat and stuff and you're just oh what the fuck am i doing here it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's even, <laughs> am i even gonna be able to like actually get back home and just rest for a while after this yeah so I, you know, gym sucks sometimes. It really does. It really kills you sometimes. It, it does. Like, I so don't miss waking up and having to squat like 180 kilos or something. Boy, <laughs> do I not miss that. <laughs> like, for me, I like, lately I've taken squats, like, it, like, people who don't squat don't know the feeling about squatting. It's like, for us that we squat basically three times a week, minimum, mm-hmm. it's like, a life, um, you can put it like life, life as it goes. Cause like in squats, you're low, as low as you can get sometimes. And you're just thinking, can I get back up? Mm-hmm. And you get all the strength out of it and you're coming well back up anyways. And like, sometimes in life you're, you're feeling low and like, you don't know how you're going to manage to do it. It's like mentally I've taken squats as, um, as, a like lives, and I don't know how you say it in English, like uh, it's a life's um, emotional thing. I don't know how you put it. I know what you're trying to say, but my uh, grammatical uh, knowledge is not high enough right now to remember the term <laughs> that needs to be said. I know it's, it's a metaphor. It's a uh, metaphor. There you go. There you go. A metaphor. A metaphor. It's a metaphor. It's, Thanks, T. We can, <laughs> we can do it. We can do it, guys. As a group of three, we can figure that out. <laughs> there you go. So it's a... Like, I've taken it as a life's metaphor, actually, because when you have the weight on your back, you're just sinking down and you're, am I going to be able to push it back up? But at the same moment, once you think about your life and everything, there's moments that you're down there and you don't know how you're going to do it, but you get the strength anyways and you make it happen. Yeah. So... As shitty to squat, but at the same time, like mentally, like if you look at it that way, it, it, it pushes you a little. I don't know. It's a huge mental battle. Yeah. Like I used to actually, like when I lift heavy and stuff, I used to imagine like Sam or Connor or people were on the bar. My competition was the bar trying to crush me and I had to push against them. There you go. That's, yeah. that's the things you start mentally thinking. Like today I was just thinking, shit, I got eight sets. And I got to do them all because like maybe someone else is squatting more than I am and he's going to crush me in the next race. Yeah. So mentally it helps you even though you suffer 
your ass off from beginning yeah. of the gym session to the end. But mentally, you're also working because, like, you know what you want and how you want to get it done. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, like I used to. Ima- yeah, like I said, I used to imagine my competition was on the bar and they were like laughing at me that I couldn't lift it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, "Fuck that! I got it." <laughs> Fuck that! I'm going up. Fuck uh, that! I'm wrong. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, anything to like challenge yourself and get you to get you through it because those like. It's tough. I mean, we all know that training is gnarly. Mm-hmm. Those days you have the, you know, you have a big session coming up. Like I get nervous in the morning. Oh yeah. Like I'll the morning anxious. of, and like when you yeah, walk yeah. into the gym, you, when you know that like the squats are coming up in the lift, you're like, I'm, yeah. I'm getting nervous right now. I'll get anxious. Yeah. Like yeah. you're like, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's real. Yep. What's the worst feeling than like getting the rack up and just like, knowing you're gonna, not going to lift it. Like, you know, you're doing <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> you're, getting, you're, getting, you're getting hyped. You do it. You're like, I got it. I got it. I don't got it. Like, as soon as soon as you go down, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to push this thing up. I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. gonna, and then you just bounce in the ground. And then you just don't that. get it. It's such a you're bad like, well, thing. I always, well, fuck. When we have cleans or whatnot, and we have like a day that we're maxing out, there's days that you're throwing the weight up, no problem. And then have those days where like you're warming up for it and you, you just know it's going to be a bad day, but you try to put the weight on anyway. And it's just the worst idea. You just can't even get it halfway up. It's just one of those times. Yeah. We all have but them. like, I think, I think that's, I've always like, uh, they've asked me here to like those, um, like conferences and like chats and stuff like that. And that's something I always say, like, for us, like we're athletes and we have our bad days and like the days you're not feeling your best. But anyways, we go out there and put our max effort into it. And that's the same way as you have to take life. Mm-hmm. Life hits you and sometimes you're not feeling the best and sometimes you're you're tired or sometimes you're just not on your best uh, emotional phase. You're not your best um, mental phase, but like you got to put your max effort into it and just get that extra motivation to make it happen for us is getting through our gym session or through our full, full extra long laps that we were doing before Olympics. Cause like BMX changed before Olympics. Everyone was just doing extra laps, like full extra, <laughs> extra, extra, extra lap to be able to get the 530 <laughs> meters um, worth it. So like, it's just getting that extra effort out of wherever you can. Cause sometimes you don't have anything left on your tank. But you gotta get that extra, extra little gas from anywhere. For us, it's in sport, but for people, it's in life. Getting that extra effort to make your, uh, your sale, your extra sale, to be the best one. It just that's how you you gotta like put it in. True. And that's what we do daily. I know, like, Tori's lived it. James has lived it. I live it every day because we're we're in the business of sports. But like, there's a lot of people who, who think maybe sports it's, it's kind of a, easy way to go. Because like I've heard, I've heard people tell me, oh, but you're just training. I want to see you training as hard as we have to train. Sometimes yeah. it's the same as them working. Yeah. It's like when people yeah talk about like oh it's like they ask you how long you train and, at first you're like yeah well I go to the gym maybe for like a couple hours and then I ride couple hours like in the afternoon or something like that but it's like you don't really they don't they, the average person doesn't understand what goes into those few hours in the morning like in that gym exactly yeah and that's just that's why i think 
maybe people don't understand the sport as well as the athlete itself. Yeah, true. True. You guys, I gotta say, had the longest. Um, uh, what do you want to call it? Tokyo simulator laps I've ever seen in my life in Bogota, which is at elevation, first of all, and then doing laps back on, like you'd finish the laps, pr- sprint back onto the track into the second turn, and then down the second straight backwards. Unreal. Ooh, the, those were horrible. Like, oh uh, we made a, like, we made like a little roller ramp that you could actually like, after Peshaw, just jump into second turn and just full blast the last second. Ooh. Those were horrible. I remember just finishing those and you you were just feeling your legs burning. Your you know when you feel like the the taste of blood in your in your throat? Yeah. <laughs> that was oh, oh those those were bad. Brutal. That's gnarly. At that elevation too, unbelievable. Yeah, I remember you love racing in Bogota. When we were there for the race, I I got tired doing my, like my dynamic warm up before practice. Like I was huffing and puffing <laughs> just doing Fucking high knees and butt kicks. I was like, this is brutal. Like, how do you expect me to do a lap right now? Crazy. Yeah, it's tough. I remember even just like when you start warming yeah, up at altitude. It's a different. Start, you start breathing so hard. Yeah. yeah. Did you, uh, Carlos, did you get any cool, um, any sponsorship opportunities or media opportunities or I guess obligations sometimes uh, from your from your medal? Oh, we got a little bit of a lag here, people. Give, him give, a me, give me two seconds. I'm cutting. It's uh, one, two. One. <laughs> Desconectate el, el internet, porfa. One, the internet sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Are you shitting me? Yeah, what the fuck, Carlos? I hate that guy. Okay, three, two, one. Break. Break. We're back. We're back. Um, Sponsorship opportunities, media obligations coming back from Tokyo after the bronze medal. Did you get anything like that? So media obligations, yeah, like you get a lot of invites to like shows and like to talk about what happened in the Olympics. And after everyone like basically learned about the um, knee problem and just like saw what I was going through, like it, it just made a difference for like a while. Before Olympics, I also had, like, a contract opportunity with one of the, like, um, phone carriers and TV TV carriers we have here in Colombia, like, Claro. So, like, before Olympics. Oh, that's a big one. After, yeah, it's a really big one. And, like, uh, so I got that one before Olympics. And after Olympics, they just renewed the contract and we're, like, keeping going. Hopefully, uh, I'll get them to sign off until Paris. That'd be <laughs> That'd sick, be wouldn't it? That would be <laughs> That'd sick. Be, yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah. And it's just been out there. Like, uh, the only problem I see is, like, I don't know why sometimes companies think uh, athletes uh, are for free. I don't yeah. know if you guys know what I mean. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. I mean, that's – I mean, <laughs> I think we've all experienced that crap. Yeah. It, we've, we've all been there. Like, I've been there before, and I'm I'm still there. Because, like, you get, you get there, and you got, you, like, you're – you got your best thing out there and you show him what you word and how much you're asking for them to sponsor you, to have them on your shirt and like to be on their shows, be on their things. And once they see their prize, they're like, Oh, but shit, that's, that's expensive. It's like, well, duh, so like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's something like, I don't know if people is not used to or companies don't want, don't look at it that way. So it's, 
is hard, but I think it's improving globally as companies are looking at athletes as a good way to promote the company and like actually get it out there. Mm -hmm. So, so it's been changing and I think Columbia is changing too, but it's, it's uh, pushing, like it's just pushing and pushing against the current sometimes, but it's been good. It's been good. Let's say I'm still like uh, riding with my GW. We're still like in contact for next year and next few seasons. So let's see what's going, going to happen. Mm, you still trying to get more like uh, global sponsors at the same time, like trying for my brands, like the brands that uh, have sponsored me locally to like make the big step into the, the global part. So like we can make something bigger out of it. It's been good. good. We got to be honest. Like I just loves my sport and been trying to like still make it grow how we could grow. But like, it's hard. Sometimes we just, we need more private sector investments in our sport to actually make it grow the way we want it to. It's just so tough because we don't get the eyeballs that other people get. And I agree with that. But then at the same time, like we have a unique thing in our sport where we have direct reach to, to, to like amateur riders or kids or something like it's, we're a niche sport and we always say like, we're not that big, but we're actually pretty big for like a niche sport. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, there's a pretty big market of riders. Like look how many people go to the U S grants. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've always said BMX can grow so much if 100%. they, if they do it the right way. Cause I think we're lacking marketing. We're lacking more, more spectacular like stuff, like making more a show than just a race mm-hmm. and not make it as long as we're making it. Cause like do world cups take forever. And that's what makes the audience get bored at the same time. True. We need more stats. We need more like people knowing the rider that's out there. Like, uh, let's say how many times has been on the main, main event, like just between the like things, just show the rider how many, like the athlete, how many mains or what's his best result, the best times. People like, need to know that Carlos that has make, made 12 World Cup finals. He's made five World Cup podiums. Like, those stats need to be rambled off just like that. Oh, you got, you got the stats this time. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. I came prepared. Like, see, this is, what they, this is what we need. People need to know this stuff so that they can become fans of the person, you know? This is what we do, James. Exactly. This is what we do. This is what we do. We reach over 300,000 people. Just throwing that out there, too. We're at 300,000 know, downloads. Anyways, but you're right. Holy shit, we're at 300,000 downloads now. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we're getting it. Anyways. It's a big number. How about that, Carlos? How about that for a niche sport? (laughs) Suck on that, people. (laughs) (laughs) But but no, I agree. I think you're completely right. Like, that's the common thing we've all kind of said. And it's like, we haven't really found that solution. Like, making making it more exciting without the, the long delays that we have in our sport. It's a tough one. That's what we need to make. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the Dew Tour that we used to have or the BMX Downhill and those, like, those type of different races, those different shows, it made a big impact in sport. Even even the Red Bull Revolution, when we raced it, dude, that thing was gnarly for us as riders, but it was so fun for the spectator to be on that show and just experience the, the thing. Yeah. And that's that's something I reckon we need on our sport to like help us get to the next level. Cause I think 
BMX can grow so much more than what we're at 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 the moment. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. I think we've tried to give like different ideas, different ways, but it is it just takes a big change, I think, from everybody in general I being hard. willing to. And do this stuff. thing is, like, I don't know why someone won't necessarily take a chance on it. Like, TV's cool, but TV's like more companies now in terms of advertisement are looking to, to social media, Instagram, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Dude, BMX is big on Instagram and YouTube, even compared to a lot of bigger sports. Like you look at a lot of BMXers have a, a lot of followers and we're supposed to be a small sport, but we're like, if you look at the athletes, it's, they have got a pretty good following. And so TV is not everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think we talked to the UCI president or like he gave us some stats and in cycling, like all cycling, the person who's got the most followers, it's Mariana, if I'm not wrong. Of course, yeah, yeah I would I mean, think, yeah, yeah, 100%. So, like, that that would say how big our sport is and be in, in the atmosphere and Instagram and all of the, of the social media. Like, that way you could, like, start growing a lot and I don't know if you remember like those events where they would just build a track for the race that everyone would just get there and just like have three hours training and have to go out there and race. For me, those races were more spectacular than what there are at the moment. Cause like you have so much local people out there and just doing it. But once yep. you get there and it's just like, just a race, everyone's riding the same track for the first time and everything and have a show around it that makes like a little bit more of a bigger thing. It's mm-hmm. like, for example, AMA Sucrose. Yeah. We love AMA and they get there and ride the track for the first time mm-hmm. during those practice sessions. And that makes it more spectacular as well. Yep. It's like, those are things you could actually think about and make, maybe improve the sport a little bit. I reckon we're growing like industry wise. It's not growing as much as it could. I, yeah, I like, I, first off, I dream of the days of the times that you show up to a track where nobody's ridden it and you all have an hour and a half, three hours, whatever it is to learn the track. That's a dream, Ooh. but I, that does, that's a, that's a, that's a pipe dream. It's an absolute <laughs> pipe dream that I wish I could have been involved with more when I was younger. If I wish I was, but I think that brings the excitement. Like you said, like that is exciting. Everyone tunes in to see what the track's like. And then unfortunately, because you get that limited time on the track, it causes more uh, mistakes, I think, around the track, which eventually, which I think would lead to more excitement in racing. There you go. It yeah. makes, it makes racing more exciting. It makes, yeah. it does. Yeah. It makes people, it makes people actually sometimes makes, make a mistake that you're not expecting mm-hmm. and make, for example, think it out this way. Uh, what was it? Um, Norway. Yeah. Uh, that track they built for that race, and I remember so many crashes. I'm for Like I, I don't want to talk about the crashes, mm-hmm. but even on the main event, who crashes in the last straightaway? And like I, I remember, who was it? Liam and me, and Connor yeah. ex- exploded. Liam and me. Or, Liam and yeah, me. That was really, that was super cool. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, Liam, and you made a big ass mistake in the last straightaway. And okay, like, you know what? First of all. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> you guys, <laughs> I was passing the prince and he got squirrely and took me out. I'm still mad at him. <laughs> there you go. Fuck. That was going to be my first podium ever. Fuck Liam. Hey, he got, he got squirrely on a track 
on the last grade that that could normally not happen because like of course yeah like that was that's what racing on a brand new track makes definitely yeah so like that's more that pushes sport a little bit and i think our tracks are trying to be more router safety but but uh they're at the same time yeah router safety but not safe safety at the same time yeah because like a lot of big crashes happen in small tracks as well people are more willing on the small tracks to do gnarlier things yeah yeah and like racing is going not as fun as it used to be before Mm -hmm. so like i don't know that there's a lot of things out there that could maybe evolve again like i i do think we need more private sector investment for those events to happen like we used to have before so it's like i think we could talk about it all night long because like there's so many ideas you could put out there and i'm pretty sure you james have a lot i'm pretty sure tori has a lot as well and Mm -hmm. myself Ooh, i've got so many let's hear what do you what do you think okay go like give it like this if you could do one thing right now to change the sport for like to help it make a difference do something what's that one thing you would change or add in. I've get more. I've get more events like they used to have in the old faces, like the old ages. Not, no, not like I'm calling them old now. I'm just saying the like a little bit of old school riders that they would have more spectacular events like the downhill. Dude, I would love to get the downhill back on the circuit. Like even though one race a year or whatever, the mountain Dew tour. Mm-hmm. Like I would say, those things made a show out of the BMX. And re- the Rebel Revolution, the first year we raced it, like I think those events catapulted the, the sport to a different way. And if you ask me, I would try and make the World Cups kind of uh, like worlds. Like every country would have some spots, like certain spots to be able to race. Mm-hmm. And that way it'll make the, um, the racing a little bit shorter. And maybe do like a pre-race on the day before or whatever. And like get some of those riders to qualify to a race. You know what I mean? Like making yep. the racing shorter than what it is at the moment. Yeah. And that that could help spectator wise for sure. I like those ideas. Yeah, I like them. I like the idea of yeah, trying to make it smaller, like trying to make it with the country spots. Like I think that would be a good way to do it for the World Cups. Like have it that you qualify your your country spots like you would the worlds. Makes it a little bit smaller, everything goes a little bit yeah. quicker. I think it's just they need they want the entry fee money it's true yeah 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 exactly it's the entry fee money gives you a lot of uh i would say you get a lot of money out of the interviews we're mm-hmm. paying what 200 bucks 300 bucks for i don't for even the know what is it 300 i'm not sure probably i don't know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah i have no idea like i haven't <laughs> one in a while <laughs> yeah me either speaking of the downhill races though we I, we posted one of the videos on chatter the one with their the downhill race where they have a drop out of the gate. Are you kidding me with that? Oh, can you that imagine? Sick, can you imagine doing half a crank to a drop on a BMX oh. bike? Are you kidding me? That was that was that was gnarly. But like, look how much people got that gnarly things. Yeah, how fun. many people? How many people were out there watching, and how many people were like watching on TV and stuff like that? That's that's what I mean. Like those events catapult the sport to a different level. It's like, hey, put it this way. In the U.S., every sport is huge. Like, mm-hmm. arm wrestling is huge. 
uh, slapping the face of the other con- of the other competitor because like there's a slap thing. Oh, yeah. That marks- <laughs> yeah, the market here is huge. Yeah. yeah, so why not explode it in our benefit? Because like at the moment, yeah, USA BMX races they're huge. Mm-hmm. Like, expectator wise, they're not huge. It's just like the family of the riders that are going there. But, like yeah. there's a lot of signups, but like it's not as, as spectacular as it could be. Imagine this, just like on the Vegas Strip, one day racing, just like a straight rhythm of BMX. Imagine that. Or I think any city. Johan actually tried to do that. That'd be that'd be yeah. something that would just change the sport as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we probably need to be more adaptable to like um, like a, what a spectator might want to see and be willing to change the sport a little bit for sure. Exactly. Look, uh, crushed ice is is it like yep. the ice skating? Yeah. Yeah, Red Bull crashed ice. Yeah, there you go. Hey, they do that in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. Quebec City. Yeah, they do it in the middle of the city. Yeah. How many how many people go watch it just because it's at the corner of their house? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's something BMX needs to think about and try to actually make it that way. Even making um, a small track in a stadium or a small track inside the city or, I don't know, just inventing something that the normal audience could go watch and just be at the moment mm-hmm. while we're racing. That would just change the mindset of the people and go enjoy the show. Because when you watch BMX race, it's fun to watch when mm-hmm. the track's fun. Yeah. It's like, you don't know what to expect. Anything can happen. It's a sport that it can be the most boring race and everyone just single line like the Tokyo pre-Olympics races. Or it can be the most spectacular race like the Rio main event that everyone passed someone in the track. Yeah. They were passing everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, so Yeah. Make it a show. Make it something that people go to to watch. That make it an evening event for people to to buy tickets and sign up and go to watch the event. That's what exactly. it needs to be. A, it needs to be a night out. Yeah, a like night a, out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Like Papandal does a good job of having the carnival there usually, mm-hmm. um, and so people kind of go for that and hang out with BMX, and it's kind of a whole thing, which is cool. Like it needs a package deal of some sort would be really good. Yeah, but like the only the dinner only and a movie. I see, dinner and a BMX race. Yeah, yeah. The only the only problem I see at Papinol is that it's far away from the big cities. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Look, if if it was like I'm pretty sure if they did Papinol in Amsterdam, do that thing would be packed. Probably true. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. So that's that's something we have to start like thinking about like how great like I, I talked to the Bogota guys and told them hey can we close this uh, a straightaway somewhere and like an, in the road or wherever and do like a race mm-hmm. just put dirt on there and just do like a straight race or whatever can we do that one day and they were like oh we could figure out where we could do it I'm like hey well figure out fast because <laughs> I'm pretty sure people will come to race that thing step on it buddy that's hustle needs a chest <laughs> I agree. I agree so, though. We've always talked about like tracks being a certain way and like they, like you, you can't build like ridiculously stupid track, but it's like, if you're making an event, like one-off events like that, like to gain attraction, get viewers, like I don't think it matters what it is. As long as you make it like kind of cool, us BMXers are willing to do it to help our sport. Yeah. I'm pretty sure 
hey, it's like when they gave us the invitation to Rebel Revolution, mm-hmm. everyone knew that thing was going to be gnarly. Yeah. But everyone accepted it, even though we we're putting our, our lives at risk. But like mm-hmm. we accepted it because it was a different a different thing in the sport. It made it made different racing. Uh, it made awesome parties too. Because I yep. kind of remember we partied. <laughs> Since the day we got there, we partied to the fish. It was party pretty every much, single yeah. day. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, pretty much and party was, every day. Yeah, pretty much, day. yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> and it, it was a fun race to be at because, like, you weren't like, worrying about, oh, I got to get this done the right way and go super fast. Mm-hmm. You're just enjoying the moment and enjoying the event. It's like I'm pretty sure the, um, the like, Christophe Levesque, Thomas Lillier, all those Robbie Madison, all those guys that did like the downhill van, they were like us at the revolution, shitting our pants, thinking, ooh, are we going to make it on that jump? Was that even possible? But we enjoyed feeling like a little kid as well. Because like, I think that moment brings you back to those days you were thinking, oh, you think I can jump that jump? You think I'm going to make it? You think it, it brings you back to your childhood as well. Yeah. yeah. It's like that just – I don't know. Like, I feel it helps BMX in a way to grow. So, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I would say there's a lot of things that we could, like, improve. But, like, obviously, you need the help from the UCI and all the people involved in it and, like, accepting those type of events. But the most important, you got to get the budget from the private sector to actually be able and interested in those events. We need someone to take a chance. All we need is someone to take a chance and it probably people are probably listening to things people have, but we need someone to take like a legitimate crack. Mm-hmm. Just like go for it. Just like actually, it's like, I don't know, Rebel, for example, or Monster or Do or those big companies that have been involved in like string sports. That's the type of uh, person that should take the risk and put it out there. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just, Take the chance, uh, just uh, risk it, and I'm pretty sure, like, if we do something big, I'll stick. I think so. I think it would. When I find myself a rich sugar mama, I'm gonna tell her to invest some money go. in BMX. That's all. There you go. That's what Dude, we like, if there someone like go. Red Bull or Monster picked up, like, there'd be. I mean, I guess Red Bull has sponsored the World Cups, but there. I mean, you get a direct to. Con- a direct like market to a consumer because think about all the kids and everyone's drink like BMXers in general as a community love those energy drinks. It's true. But like if you like I've seen Red Bull involved in the World Cups, but I don't think they have much of a say in what they would like and how they would like it. Mm-hmm. Cause I right. get they I would say if they get more into like the racing, not only being outside of the race, because like Red Bull is sponsored, I think Papandal sometimes and puts the tent and gives Red Bull out and stuff like that, but it's never been involved like in creating the event. Yeah. I think if they let them create the event and create the atmosphere around it, that would change dramatically the sport as well. Because like those big companies, they know how to make a show. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. just say it out there. Yeah, like that's what they they're good at. They make a show out of everything. Yeah, yeah. Like that's kind of their specialty. Like they know how to make it turn. Like they know how to run an event, like an event, not just a, a bike race. Like make an event. 
That's what like we're for looking example, for. For example, the Red Bull, yeah. uh, Red Bull uh, straight rhythm in motocross. That's mm-hmm. the show. It's not yep. even race. That's the show. Yep. And who makes it? Red Bull. Mm-hmm. They make a show out of it. They make something huge in it. The crowd just goes crazy because they have a lot of stuff. Here's what I'm thinking. Okay, Tori, this is you're gonna like you're gonna like part of this one. Okay, we're gonna get some eyeballs on us with a little BMX Red Bull straight rhythm. Okay. But we're going to go off a of Supercross Hill. I don't know if it's going to be two or four people. But the thing in, in motocross, they have spines to slow them down or else they'd be going too fast. And for us, we'd be going too fast if we just had off the Supercross Hill and just jumps the whole way. Like we need something to slow us down, a smarge, like a, a smidgen, just to get into like a rhythm section. So, Tori, we're going to add a sand mm-hmm. section. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like think about just Carlos, a sh- Carlos, think about this. You jump that big step up into Papano, just into a bunch of sand. <laughs> I'm thinking just a short one that you have to lean back and you can like exactly. skim through. But if you don't, you're going to like wash the front and shit, slow yourself. It's good. It's 100%. sand section. Think about it that, Carlos. You jump that step up into a bunch of sand. Hey, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just just put whatever out there. I'll, I'll I remember I told, the, I told that to Connor one day. And he's like, that seems, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. It is the worst idea on a real track. <laughs> It'd be it'd be gnarly. You you probably have to like willy the whole way to actually and maybe make it out of it. Dude, you'd have to lean so far back to not go over the bars if you just went through a sand section. I love it. Give it to me. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> so like imagine just like making a four yeah, four man riders just a straight rhythm, let's say what, two hundred meters? Sure, yeah. I mean, like the like the Cafe Willoughby whole shot challenge. Yeah, but like long. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like long and yeah. just like seriously. Dude, here's the okay. Speaking of the Cafe Willoughby whole shot challenge, dude, they raised like Tyler and Sam did such a good job with that thing. Dude, they raised so much money and it's crazy. Like an event like that, and they get private sponsor, like in industry money. And I don't know who maybe there's some out of industry, who knows? I'm not sure. But the prize money for that race was big. And like for like generally a small race, more or less. Um but I don't think it's that hard to raise money or like the ERA race. They had the flats race in Toronto. The, I mean, mm-hmm. the purse was like 30 grand. Oh, like, the big one. The yeah, one yeah. they did like, I don't think only flats and like you had like yeah, yeah. big step ups and stuff. Yeah, dude, it was 30 grand prize uh, purse. And so I don't want to say it's easy to, to um, raise money or whatever, but like, I don't think it's actually that hard. I think you just got to, you just got to ask companies. I think you got, I think you got to ask companies and I think you got to get, the right guy to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and the way like, fuck every, everything comes through the eyes. Like if you, if you come and show him like a really cool presentation, a really cool way to see the sport in a way as a show, I'm pretty sure the people are going to put the money out there and hey, and we see, and we send the pretty boy Tori to do the presentation. So, <laughs> Hey, Debbie, Debbie, just giving the money out there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll present us, baby. I'll present us. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true, though. You can put it in, like, you can present it in such a good light that when somebody would see it, they would just get hooked. Yeah, or you we could just, just be like, oh, we right have this way. cool little bike race that we want to do, and then people aren't going to be that interested. It's no, we just, oh right yeah, now. like we're just, you know, this we just do this little bike race, like we're gonna sound like a fucking clown show. I mean, people take you seriously if you present it seriously. 
If, yeah. you present it, if you present it like a joke and don't treat it like a joke, then it is a joke and no one's going to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. But if you present it like a legitimate thing, which it is, I mean, people take it seriously. It's all about how you present it, how you present it and come across. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure we can make it happen. Like if a lot of the BMX riders wanted to make it happen, like just like put our, our little piece in the puzzle and like start growing this thing because like there's a lot to be done and a lot to to grow the sport if like we all put our part into it look hey red bull did a bmx first straight away for twan for olympics it's true yeah yeah just for the olympics for him to practice for olympics so imagine how much money like you could gain with a lot of riders like pushing for the sport the amount of companies that are out there probably looking for a tax write-off that we'd be happily to, happy to give them. Dude, seriously. Yeah. Free yeah, tax like, write-off. Seriously. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a finance guy. Not good on the finances, but you know what? Tax write-off guy. Like let's just that'd come be, on. That would be one hell of a fucking tax write-off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I just poured five hundred K into this sport called BMX. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know what? It's, I mean, yeah, yeah you kind of need someone who just like likes the sport too. Like, someone's just got to like it. Yeah. I think action sports are coming back around. I think well, we've gone, not- we go through waves, and I think people are picking back up on action sports again. What, you don't think they were before? I think, like- I think for a while there, I don't know. I feel like X Games died down. All those kind of action sports things kind of went away. Due Tour kind of went away. I think it's coming back. Yeah, I mean, they're all coming to with them all coming to Olympics and stuff. I mean, yeah. action sports are here to stay. Like, yeah, exactly. That's what I think. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. I've I've got a big question for you guys. Like, Hit I've never talked it. about I've never talked about this with like a lot of people. Like, do you reckon BMX racing is going to stick to the Olympics for a longer time, or do you think they're going to be kicking us out someday soon? Yeah, I hear this all the time. And I think it's here to stay because first of all, it's one of the earliest sports to sell out. It gets great TV numbers. It's very worldwide. Like you get medalists from Colombia and other countries that don't typically get medals, which the IOC likes. I think we tick every single box. And so I don't think when people say, Oh, BMX isn't going to stay in, that's not based on anything. I think it's bullshit. So yes, to answer your question. Yeah. Yeah. It does answer. It's just like, there's, there's so many things around it. Like, you know, it's it's weird because like i've been in the ioc like you know i like uh i like all that stuff yeah i like being in the ioc i like um i went to the how's that called the ioc academy the olympic academy i don't know yeah and like sport is so big around the world and like there's so many sports wanting to get it like into the olympics and, like, Olympic for me is, like, such a small circle. And, you know, like, they put medals in, but take medals out. And, like, it's, it's always evolving. And, like, I know BMX Freestyle got into this one, but is it going to be in the next ones? And who's going to, like, bring the show more? It's BMX Racing or, or, or BMX Freestyle, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I think it's going to stay. Like, I don't know how long it's going to stay. I'm more because, like, I know Olympics wants to be, like, everywhere around the world. 
And for example, if you look at skateboarding, it brought Olympics to the to like youth as well, because like how many little kids won Olympic medals at age of thirteen? I think twelve. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy how young the skateboarders were. Yeah, the female skateboarders. Yeah, it was it was crazy. gnarly how small they were. So like, uh, I know BMX sells out really quick, and like we get really big time like uh, numbers and stuff. But shit, sometimes I think we need to keep evolving to be able to like keep in the in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. You know the like where I'm going. Like I don't know like what we're talking all around like all this time. Yeah, like let's not get stale. Like if our sports stays stale, then are they really going to want us? Like how we keep it fresh, exciting. I think. I kind of think we are exciting though. Like we don't think we need to do anything. Fair. I was gonna say, I kind of think that the freestyle events being in the Olympics helps us because now it's kind of part of that one whole action sport venue area. It's like before they try, like in Rio, they put the track with like the, uh, was it kayaking or was that? Yeah. Like, uh, what's the name? Like the, sir, like, uh, water rafting, whitewater rafting. Yeah. Water rafting. Whatever exactly, that, that's that what it is, yeah. But now it's like they have the skateboarding and the BMX freestyle that they can build the the whole venue around, where it's it's like all the those that section of sports together. And I think that's probably that can probably help us. I don't know if, how much it really does financially, or if they really care, but to me, it just seems like a positive. Hopefully, we're there to stay because, like, I think BMX being in the Olympics brings a lot of good stuff for us as riders. And like it's just like, hey, it's every little kid's dream as an athlete be at the Olympics. Yeah. And if they want some more excitement, throw in a time trial, throw in a team event. We've already provided these these opportunities, like the different style of races. We've already said on the show before, there's so many different kinds of races we could throw in there on the same track. You don't have to spend any more money, just another medal to bring more excitement and more TV, more eyes, everything. Someone say time trial? Time trial? Some say. Oh, toys! Toys making comebacks. Someone say. Someone say time trial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think. I think if they say Tom Trump gets a medal in the Olympics, toys making comeback. Hell yeah, he is. That's like a savvy great news. I'm racing again. <laughs> <laughs> John, dust off the S square. We're back in business, baby. <laughs> race somewhere and get uh toy to make a comeback for that race that'd be awesome that'd be something that'd be, that'd be great oh boy having a jump pro section on a limit again oh boy um well shoot carlos good to talk to you buddy it was it was great talking to you guys let's and missed you out there toy to be honest yeah i missed seeing you buddy I see, I see James every race, so, like, we chill every race, but you, like, we haven't seen you in a while. I know. I was going to say, I haven't seen you since Australia, I guess, last year. It feels like so yeah. long ago. It's a long time ago. It's been, it's been so long. You guys should come over to Columbia and chill for a while. Dude, I know. I miss going to Columbia. I'll come again, but I can't go there to train because last time I went there to quote-unquote train, we did more other things than we did train. Yeah. It's just too much it's, fun. It's, there's too many other activities. Hey, James, James, you're still single too. It's perfect. It's true, yeah. But la- you, you, did you hear the story the last time we went out? And it, we went to go on this double date. I, di- I couldn't speak a lick of, obviously, uh, of Spanish. I don't and remember Carlos, if you told me. So what happened? I don't okay. remember if you told me. All right, so we went on this double date because Carlos had a date. The, the date had a friend. So we went out together. 
went yeah. on this double date, what I thought was a double date. Anyways, they don't speak like very good English at all. Carlos, mm-hmm. great friend. He always keeps me in the conversation, even to the point where I was like, don't worry about it. Like, just have your conversation. <laughs> halfway through halfway through the date, like, I'm, I don't really think things are going great because I haven't really said anything. But halfway through the date, the other chick's boyfriend comes and joins oh. us at the oh, restaurant. Oh, my God. So what we thought Dude, was a I, double date was nowhere near a double date. We, it, we just got completely bamboozled, really. Are you shitting yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah, we got we got bad. Like, I had no idea she had a boyfriend. It was it was fuck? quite funny. Like, instantly knew what was happening, but we weren't going to say anything while we we're just sitting there at the table. And it was it was quite funny. So what did the guy think when he rolled up and saw you sitting with his girlfriend? Well, I, I wasn't really sitting beside her. It's like a, it's like a table of four. So it's just like everyone's at like a side of the table. Right, so right. I don't really think he thought much of it. And then I'm a white gringo guy that's just with Carlos hanging out. So he's probably like, oh, it's just Carlos's buddy hanging out. Probably cool. didn't think. <laughs> that's unbelievable. You're yeah. probably just like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, well, you shitting me right now. <laughs> Come on. I cannot catch a break. <laughs> that's a new, I've never heard of that happening ever. I guess that would only really happen... If you if you literally couldn't talk to the girl, which you literally couldn't. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Not, hey, you, I, try, you, I, try my, I try my best translating for sure. I try my best. James, it's, did you have the phone out? Were you passing Google Translate back and forth? <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> like I said, Carlos was good about like, he'd always keep me, explain to me what was going on. And they'd like understand a little bit and crack a joke here and there. That translator is just when you're one-on-one. That's a one-on-one situation. <laughs> well, that, you have to use a translator in, in Japan. No one speaks English in Japan. They don't, hey? Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. We're, English people are spoiled most of the time. I got to say. You know, I miss Kosechas. Oh, Kosechas, the, the yeah. juices? Yeah. The, well, the James, I, I, you ever I, go to the fruit smoothie place, Kosechas? I'm not sure. I feel like we always had juice at at at, uh, at his house, but I don't think I don't know if we ever went to the juice place. I don't know if we went to a juice place, but talking about it, like I went with my mom like two days ago. To be honest, was it good? Yeah, those <laughs> those juices are great. You you, choose, <laughs> you you guys should come to Columbia just to get a juice. I I would just love like, a nice yeah. tropical juice right now. Yeah, I know that'd be so fun. Nice mango juice. Dude, oh. Columbia's yeah, Medellin is one of my favorite cities. It's so cool. It's fun. It is yeah. super fun. And there's a lot of stuff to do down there, for sure. And for you guys. Do you remember it, that one time we went horseback riding through the Colombian outback? <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember. Dude, that was a loose program they were running over. <laughs> I mean, that was, a, that was a loose program. I mean, the, the horses, like, there wasn't a whole lot. You know, James, you know, like in North America, there's so many, like, restrictions it's like so structured it was a loose ass program we just kind of hopped on a course and went for it really there was no like yeah. teaching you how hey, to do hey, it what James, to do it was like three hours hey just think about it this way at the end probably 10 of us crashed but no here's way. what happened people started wanting to run with the horse and i was like no 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 i'm fine with not running like i don't have the capabilities to run like, i'm gonna eat shit and then so dude, people started taking off and then obviously my horse started running too and i was just holding on for dear life as this thing was fucking galloping galloping after are you kidding after, me after the other ones hey it's 12 it's like midnight it's pitch black just we're in the middle of nowhere and the, my horse is just galloping <laughs> and the the guy like the guy like saw what was happening and like 
once a horse starts like running on a pack, like all the horses are gonna start running. Yeah, yeah. It's like the guy. Remember the guy just started running, out running everyone, and just crossed his horse like <laughs> tracks <laughs> off everyone. He tried to tee people <laughs> off, like like run in front and tee people off. <laughs> yeah, and like seriously, no one stopped, and everyone went to ground. <laughs> Dude, didn't oh they T-bone that guy? Didn't they T-bone that guy? Didn't he go flying? Hey, they T-boned the guy and everyone <laughs> just on the horse. I remember I remember arriving there because like my horse was like a really old horse at the moment. Like I remember arriving and like everyone on the ground. I'm like, what happened here? I'm like, you know, uh James, uh Juan Carlos Diaz, the um yep. the guy, the guy from the guy from Colombia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the big one, like yeah, he Diaz, was on yeah. the ground just grabbing his huge ass and going like, "Oh, I'm, I'm hurt, I'm hurt." And I'm like, oh, I'm And then I was, I was doing my best to slow down my horse, so I was behind everyone, yet still uncomfortable because he was trying to gallop after everyone. And I roll up and I just see the dude like spread eagle on the ground, like the other guy was eating shit, dude. It was, it was, it was gnarly. That's an absolute scene. Yeah, you can get, you can get fucked up from that. Yeah, I wouldn't trust it. Are you kidding me? I, I've no, never ridden a horse. Dude, I would be scared last, for it to just take dude, off. Dude, we had, I don't, I don't know like what horse saddles we had, but we had like a little like, I don't know what you call it, but like we were sitting on a saddle and we had like a little raised little like uh, circular handle thing. With, yeah. with, oh, the little, the little thing in front that you, you Yeah, yeah, you dude, that's, on. that's what we were holding on to, James. We were holding on to a little like fucking thing on the horse. I mean, that's, that is that what you, I think that's what you do, but I don't I think don't we know. know how to do that. I don't feel comfortable holding on to a little thing. Oh, absolutely not. Not when it's galloping. Are you kidding me? If it's going more than like a walking speed, are you shitting me? And I mean, Get out of town. Point, at that point, I am just along for, there's nothing I can, there's nothing I can do. Like, how am I going to stop the thing? <laughs> <laughs> like, at that point, Jesus has the wheel. I mean, Jesus just, take nothing, the wheel. <laughs> there is nothing that I can do. Going, the toy was like the song, just Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> like he was Dude, just grabbing into anything. I'm just holding on for dear life. Just like, please, I don't want to go. I do not want to hit the deck right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, that was fun. Other than, other than that, though, that was fun, dude. We went for like three hours. <laughs> other than that, that part. That's yeah, that was pretty cool, I got to say. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That's good. I mean, that's good shit. That's, that's something you'll always remember. That's a South America story. That is that is in a straight up a South America, Colombia story right there. Or Carlos, the first time I came, we went paintballing. And once again, just the loosest program, James. Here, when you go paintballing, it is so strict. Oh, yeah. It you is have a certain point where you have your mask on, your guns covered up. Oh, yeah. Up, there was, like the there was no rules. You were in a little, you were in like an open area, and it was just a free for all. <laughs> <laughs> you could do whatever the fuck you wanted. You could just take off your mask. Walk, I mean, I wouldn't advise it because you'd get, you'd probably lose your eyes, but I mean, you could literally do whatever the hell you wanted. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, actually. It That's was, probably, it was it's probably more fun. fun in the sense that if you, if you, because you know how to be safe. So it's like, you know, you don't need the rules in place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Um, you, you guys are always welcome, Columbia. You know, like my house is always open and welcoming for you guys. Like, I'd love to have you guys in, have in my house. James, we need to make a coffee chatter uh, business trip down to, down to Medellin. Yeah, we do. I look forward to coming back, Carlos. Yeah, we, we need to make a trip down there. Yeah. It'd be you're always welcome. Absolutely. It's time. open. Uh, coffee, coffee chatter, coffee chatter trip to Medellin. There we'll put, you go. We'll put it on the business card. Yeah, we'll put it on the business card. Um, James, because Instagram was down today, do we have any quick shots? I don't we, know if we we, do. we actually do. We actually have okay. some. So let's let's we'll bang out a few here. Um, we'll get the okay. First one from 
T O Josh Larson. So I thought you were gonna go T O R Y. That would have been better. Um, he this person says, "What's your secret to being? What's your secret to being the secret to getting two bronze medals? And will you go for a triple?" What's the triple, secret? A triple bronze. Can you imagine? Just three bronzes? That'd be nuts. That'd oh, come nuts. on. Let, let's change the color for the next yeah, one. Let's I mean, it's just fucking boring if you get the same three times in a row. You got to change it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, let's, make, let's make a different color. But, like, if you ask me, like, there's no secret. It's just going out there and giving your best. It's just, like, committing. Because, like, actually, if you ask me in the first turn, like, I committed yep. to just going for it. I ended up not committing the whole way because, like, I think I could have shot down the door straight away and just, like, kept the third yep. instead of having to battle it the whole way. But, like, I reckon I'm not that type of racer that just goes and kills the rider next to me. I like to pass people cleanly. And um, it's just, like, taking risks on the track is, like, you got to take a risk somewhere and just, like, committing to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, from Cohen Moore, do you specifically practice any cornering technique? I think as a kid I did, but like at the moment, like that's something like I could say, like, uh, the Colombian coach German criticizes me cause he's always saying as you train, you race, like in my type of racing, like there's sometimes things, there's no way you can practice. Like I remember happened all 2016 you remember it was like a step a step up step down into last turn mm. i remember like pushing on top and jumping and then like literally just being on the outside of sam's wheel and just like manual down over sam's back wheel and like getting the inside and passing him so like i would say there's things you you're able to practice and as a kid i think i practice a lot like i think it just Things happen in a race, and you just, as I said before, commit to the move, and sometimes you're going to make it happen, and sometimes you're going to eat shit probably, but <laughs> you, you just commit and go for it. Straight up, yep. Um, from Matt Sylvia 116 what tire pressure do you run for that corner speed? It depends on the track and how sketchy the track is. You switch but it a bit? Normally, yeah, but normally I'm riding 100, 110, I think, okay. as PSI. Take that. Peak. Front and back. All right. Um, from Elisha, what is the biggest change you have seen in BMX over the last five to ten years? I would say frame sizes is a big change because, like, everyone's going bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, I remember everyone you used to ride, like, more comfortable frames. And now, like, everyone's just going bigger because I hear they're more stable or and you get more speed. But, like, I would also say track tracks have evolved in a way. I would say, like, they grew so much and they made, like, so much improvement and then they just came back down. So, like, that's something I would say has been changing but uh, i would love a brand to like invest more in like bike bike tech you could call it that way more like they're doing road cycling mm-hmm. r&d yeah researching. r&d what 
Research and development. Research and development. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That'd be great if they did it. It's true. There's some things I'd like tested. I don't know. Anyways, um, from <laughs> from dry <laughs> underscore furner seventy seven. What's it like being one of the scariest riders to be behind you mid race? What's it like being the guy that's everyone's scared of to have behind? Everyone's scared you know, to have you have you behind them. It's it's weird to like think about being like the rider that no one wants to have behind you. Cause like you don't know what they expect out of you. Cause like sometimes like for example, I'd say being behind Dino, it's pretty hard because like you don't know what to expect. Like sometimes he's just going super fast or he's going super super like in the moment like riding the bull. Mm-hmm. It's like if he know like if he knows you're behind him, maybe he'll just go the like push push the extra little line and maybe crash or something. So like it feels good to be the guy that no one wants to have behind because like that gets gets them a little bit nervous at the time. But like you don't know what to expect because maybe they'll just do an extra move and like your boat going to ground. Mm-hmm. D Daddy. Is it your question? No, it's yours now. Oh. <laughs> we probably asked in your last podcast but we gotta ask now chipotle or in and out oh chipotle all the way you know what i really want chipotle right now Ooh, me hungry. Too. oh I don't, I don't want chipotle i want chipotle now not that anyone gives a shit but i don't fuck chipotle dude chipotle so good come on yeah. chipotle is the best i've had i've had a lot of, i've had chipotle and in and out lately and i will say they they both are excellent. It's just different. I feel it's like it's different. just, it's no, it's a different, like, and depending on what you're doing at that point in time. Yeah. Agreed. Fair. Fair. Like we just worked out and like are hungry. I think Chipotle is better, but if you're just like chilling and want some good food in and out's better. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see if there are any other questions. Do we miss any other good questions? I'll ask a good, a I think, then. Yeah. Um, what are you watching anything on Netflix these days? Well, I just ended the Squid Game. Uh, Squid Game. I heard of it. Is it good? Ooh, it's good. It's gnarly. It's it's a weird one. Ooh. Okay. Good James, time. I just thought of this one. We could ask people: What's a country you'd you'd be happy to live in besides Colombia, if you could pick? That's a good one. To be honest, I like France. To be honest. Oh yeah. But taking it, France. Taking it into like. Uh, in the point that BMX is, I think BMX is growing again a lot in France, and I like yeah. the US as well. Yeah, James, where would you live? Say, say we can't say US because you know. Yeah, um, we're we're. I mean, Canada, US are so similar. I've never actually been there, but I really want to go to. See, now I'm thinking of somebody I want to go with versus where I could live. Like you got to legitimately live there. I got to legitimately live there. Well, then that means like I kind of have to go to a place that I've been. Um, shoot, I don't know. I can't go to the U.S. I need. I mean, I, I need somewhere that's. Answer. I mean, yeah. It's an Come easy on, Canada, 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 and the U.S. is basically. Yeah, I was gonna say like we gotta we gotta pick somewhere else besides Canada and the U.S. I've never been to the south of France either. I want to. I would. I would say there. Oh no, 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 no. I can say somewhere I've been there. Australia. Ooh, Australia. I go Ooh. to Gold Coast. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That. Ooh, Australia. Dude, they, they've been on lockdown for like a year and a half. Yeah. And I mean, not like, yeah, I, I mean, like pre COVID, <laughs> pre COVID. 
Um, Part- yeah, I would, I would, I would, although to be, I would say Australia or New Zealand, probably. Oh, yeah. They're both really cool. I want to go to Barcelona. I want to go to Spain. That's fun. You've been, hey? Yeah. Yeah. I want to go. Pretty, That's a bucket list. They're both me. nice. Yeah. Been to Madrid, but I didn't think it was that nice. Yeah, Madrid's. I think Barcelona is a little bit nicer. Than I've heard. Sure. I've heard Barcelona is way way nicer, and it's by the beach. Yeah, and you love the beach, but I'm pretty sure you wouldn't go on the beach. It's freezing cold. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, no, just but like it's, San it's, Diego. It's just nice to be by it. Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. I like just being close to it. Yeah, that's what California is all about. Yeah, beach, no kidding. Beach life. Yeah. Uh, my turn. If there was a movie. Made about your life, who would play you? Oh, that's a good question. Dead or alive? Ooh. Actor could be dead or alive. Who would play you? Who do you want to play you? Oof. Dude, I have so many actors I like, but I don't know if any any of them could play me. Like it. <laughs> it's, I don't even, who, oh. could, who could we see playing Carlos? T? I don't even. Who, know. Okay, who's the um? Who could? Uh, what's his name? Fuck's his name. Um, Narcos Mexico, the cop. Of course, you'd pick that movie. No, Michael <laughs> Pena. Michael Pena could play you. <laughs> oh, I know, I know which one you're talking. Yeah, yeah, I know. Michael which one. Michael Pena could play you. That's that's a good one, but like, yeah, he'd be a good guy for sure. Like, yeah. I would say, I don't look like Will Smith. Will Smith, but like, if Will Smith could play me, that'd be that'd be sick. Oh my god. <laughs> That would be Will Smith, Will Smith would be a look, sick one. You, you guys look really similar too, so it shouldn't be a problem. He's he like if you ask me, like he's one of the best actors like out there. Uh, he's he's like, legitness. Yeah, he's fun to he I could watch him yeah. a lot. His movies, yeah. Um favorite track. <laughs> Ooh. I would say Chula's track. The one, Which one before the one before they rebuild it, the one I did a podium on, the um, the one that had the crossover one. That was two thousand fourteen, oh, yeah. I think, that it had like the fun the Chula the fun London. there straight away, the trip went to a turn. Yeah, the London replica, yeah. Yeah, that one. That yeah, track yeah. for me was super nice. That's it was one. huge, but it was sick. Yeah. yeah. He shredded on that one too. Um Okay, you're in Bogota, a third straightaway. Um, <laughs> or should we go last straightaway there? I don't know. That third straightaway is pretty long. Okay, we'll go. We'll make it easy. You go last straightaway. Okay, last straightaway in Bogota. You get offered to manual the entire straightaway. You got five runs at it. Every time you manual the whole thing, you get a million dollars. Every time you don't make the whole thing, you uh, go to jail for one year. Do you take the deal? Do you take the bet? Oh, do you, can you can you only do it one time though? You got to go five times. You, once you start, you have to go five times. You have to go all five, and then you have to try every time to make it. Last straight? La- I think I'd take the deal. You take it? Well, yeah, yeah, I think you got that. You get, you're going to get at least four to five times. You go to jail kids, for one year, you kids, come out with four mil, you're fine. Kids got some balls. <laughs> oh, I think I'd take it, but oh, the year in jail would be oh, would be would be gnarly. That would be but, killer. I couldn't. I would never. I could not risk that. There's no way. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no way. It's not. No amount of money is worth that. 
That'd be so gnarly. <laughs> so nuts. Four mil. You come out with four mil though. Yeah, but who cares? Laughing. Hey, four mil, four mil, and a year of jail. Hey, but but maybe they give you a phone, a computer, a laptop, and everything. And you should. You go to one of those like country club jails for lawyers and <laughs> there rich you people. Go. There you go. They take you to one of those jails. Oh, come on. Club. Yeah, that would be nice. One. I'd take that. That'd be like vacation. <laughs> all right, I, think, all I think that's all we got thanks so much for coming on carlos it's great to chat to you buddy hey thank you for the invite you know i love talking to you guys it's always a pleasure to talk to you about bmx and all the other stuff around it and i've always said coffee shatter is a great place to be at so it's thanks, super buddy. nice to be here with you guys and love your show yeah we got a shitload of different shit going on bro <laughs> Hey, yeah, come on. We've gotta make it we've gotta make it stick. The coffee chatter trip to Columbia. There you, you go. Do you like do you like listening to, to shows? I do actually. Like yeah. to be honest, I do listen to shows. Um when I'm going to a track on the car and everything, I just put it on the radio and listen to you guys and laugh my ass off with the jokes and everything and uh, then listen to uh, like conversations and think everyone's got something to like invest in the sport and like to help the sport grow and i think all the athletes want that at the at the end of the day anyways like we all want the sport to keep growing and i think you guys are doing it your way and like coffee chatter is helping it grow and you guys are growing as a show anyway like uh, as you said how many downloads do you have now 300 how was it yeah Yeah, there you go 300,000. look at that that's just a big number and it's gonna keep growing because Hey, you guys do with do this with love and everything you do with love and passion keeps growing. Love that. Oh, my guy ending with just just this a is, beautiful little this, little I don't even know speech thing there. This this is why he's one of our favorites. This is why he's our guy. This is why he's our guy. That's our guy. <laughs> why you're our guy. Yeah. All right, you love, know, you, love you guys. Love you too, buddy. Great to talk to you. Talk to you guys soon. Have a good one. Good See night. You, buddy. Later. See you, buddy. Thanks, Carlos. Bye. Yeah, well, what's this friggin' podcast all about? I don't get it, man. Coffee chatter? Get off my back, guys. <laughs> you have to be fast in the truck. I hate that guy. <laughs>